0: Wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused—how on
1: earth did that happen?
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast at the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me today are BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo, and we have big news. Wonder Goal has a sponsor. Bet365, the best sports book on the planet, has chosen to sponsor our soccer podcast, our beloved soccer podcast, Wonder Goal. Anthony, how does this make you feel?
1: Well, you know, I think it's it's really a big challenge now because we need to figure out if we can handicap soccer matches on a rainy night in Stoke.
2: Yeah. Uh Bet 365 is are based out of Stoke uh in the UK, or at least their UK offices are. So BJ, you are yeah, from Iowa. Is, yeah. <laughs> no, this is this
3: is honestly really <laughs> cool. I, I honestly I, I know I'm speaking for Michael and Andy, but I could not be happier have Bet365 with us, literally the most prominent European book, you know, starting to make their way over to the American market. And, you know, I obviously I want to thank Bet365 for sponsoring us, but I also want to thank our loyal listeners because, you know, if if nobody listened to this podcast, then we wouldn't be getting the sponsorship. So it's truly a testament to all you, everybody out there who's listened to, you know, so diligently to every single episode, who's downloaded every single episode. So thank you
2: all to everybody out there. And we we just could not be happier uh, with this news. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we've, we've put some money in your pocket, dear listener. We've been on a a, a good start to the season, our best bets, which we give out at the end of the show, plus 12 units overall. And then our three leg money line underdog parlay. If you would bet each of those underdogs uh, as separate legs, you'd be up six units there as well. So things are going well. Hopefully we can keep it up now that we have our wonderful sponsor, bet three, six, five on board. Let's look ahead. We have midweek premier league matches I mean, the soccer is just not going to stop from now until till Christmas. To no, the World it, Cup. Yeah, coming. it's going to be
3: every day. So, uh, it's, it's, but, but we love
2: it, and you know that's yeah. we we love it. Sink, that's why that's, we do this. Yeah, it's time to to sink our teeth in because the it is about to get nutty. Let's start two thirty p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, showdown at Selhurst Park between two London clubs: Crystal Palace plus one ten at Bet three six five, Brentford plus two fifty, the draws plus two forty. Uh, I think both of these teams we identified. Midway through last year as bet on teams. Uh, so when they meet, it's always, always a little tough for us to kind of figure out where the value is, especially with Palace. We, we always talk about them as profiling as such a good underdog, but here they are plus 110 favorite at home against a dangerous side. We don't know about Wilf Saha. He missed the city match is what his injury is going to be like. And Brentford, they come in off a 1-1 draw against Everton. They definitely deserved better, but they were vulnerable in that game too. They could have been down 2-0 a couple different times. Uh, So this one looks like a pass for me. I might look at a draw, the total sitting pretty low. These are two very good defensive sides, but Palace's home form uh, really scares me off betting against them here. So it's draw nothing for me. Anthony, what about you?
1: Yeah, you know, Brentford did get a good amount of chances against Everton and failed to convert some of those, but you have to remember going into that match, they were running about as hot as anybody in the world uh, for the first few matches. So even despite the underperforming, you know, relative to expected goals, they're still pretty well above it at this point, nine goals from just about six expected and their sixth, most expected goals created in the league thus far. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. They will continue to run that hot. I'm not buying. They will continue to create that many chances. I think they got some pretty favorable matchups and very good spots. And now going on the road against a great defensive side, like palace, I do think they're going to struggle to create chances in this match. Both meetings last year did end goalless. Both had less than two combined expected goals. Palace, We talked about this. The first four matches of the season, three of them, they were huge underdogs against top six teams. They did not have much possession in those matches. This is going to be a little bit different. And we saw last year that when Palace had the onus on them to create chances to break teams down, they struggled to do that quite a bit more. There wasn't as much space. And their number one player for doing that, taking players on and getting crossed into the box is Wolf Zaha. He may not play in this match. You know, with it being such a short short turnaround from Saturday, uh, I'm probably not going to play, but we don't know as of Sunday night. Either way, whether he plays or not, I will be betting the under two and a half. I already bet it uh, minus 118. I like it up to minus 130. Bees rely heavily on set pieces. It was a true last year. It still reigns true this year. Palace have actually conceded the fifth fewest shots from set pieces. Think about that in consideration with the fact of who they played. It's pretty impressive. So yes, they conceded opening day to Arsenal from a set piece, but... They've been excellent on defensive set pieces generally. And I think it's gonna be very hard for Brentford to create chances. I do think palace probably wins more often than not, but again, not playing the number it's about right for me. I'm going to play the under.
2: Yeah. And I mean, palace coming into this one, it is a little bit of a letdown spot considering their start to the season. And the fact they were up two nil at 16 to one underdogs had that ticket in my pocket uh, against man city. And then had a couple calls go against them that uh, allowed city to, to really sink their teeth into the game and, and, and run away for two winners. But like I'm with you basically on every note there, Anthony. I think if you want to have a money line bet here between the two teams, it's it's Palace because I think you're looking at a team that that should win this match more often than not. You're getting plus money, but I think the low event nature of this game does lead me to the draw. If you're looking at three way money lines, not not just the two way, so it's it's drawing nothing. But it's, this is a tough one to break down. I mean, when when I saw that this would be the first match we'd be talking about, I'm like, oh boy! Like if if you wanted to to give me a match that. I would have the most trouble with with the way I've I've been evaluating these teams coming in. It probably would be this one uh, at this venue.
1: I think all three of us have bet Palace all four matches this year, right? Right. Yep. So, and then yeah. this will be the first time that we are not doing that. None of not one of us is now betting Palace.
2: Uh, BJ, what are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, Michael, this is like
2: a, a
3: parent trying to ask them who their favorite child is, and I, I can't choose between these two teams. They're two of our favorites on this podcast, but. I, the crystal palace match, Anthony already mentioned it. You know, they've, they've played three big six sides where they haven't had much possession. So you can't really take too much away from that when they're facing a team that's not one of the big six, but last season, you know, they were obviously one of the best home teams in the premier league, you know, over a plus 10 expected goal differential. Well, against non big six sides at Selhurst park, they only allowed 0.84 XG per 90 minutes. And as we've talked about many times, Brentford, was not good away from home. He only averaged 1.1 expected goals per match, minus eight expected goal differential. So I'm with Anthony. I do like under two and a half goals at minus 118. We have two top eight defensive teams last year in almost every single category. Anthony already matches it. Zero zero draws in both meetings. Under two expected goals. The the on off splits for Zaha. They're not that drastic, but uh, you know, it is somewhat. You know, does have an effect. You know, he he's met, over the last two seasons he's missed six matches. In those six matches, Crystal Palace has averaged only 1.25. XG per ninety with him in the lineup, they're at one point four four, XG per ninety. So, and it looks like right now that he's doubtful. So, I only have two point one seven goals projected. So, I'm with Anthony like under two and a half goals in minus one eighteen.
2: All right, let's stay in London then. Uh, another two thirty p.m. kickoff on Tuesday at Craven Cottage, Fulham plus two thirty hosting red hot Brighton and Hove Albion plus one twenty five road favorites at Bet three six five. The draw here is plus two thirty. Both of these teams were impressive. I think over the weekend, one of them. One, one of them lost. Fulham—they gave Arsenal everything that they had, right? Like, I mean, that was that was not an an easy time for Arsenal. They they did. If you look at the XG, like it it looks like it should have been like a walk away win for Arsenal. But Fulham have shown like they are. We talked about this in the last episode that when a team is all pulling in the same direction, when a team is galvanized, when when you're looking at um uh, you know that effort that that Mitrovic is is putting in, or or the two guys in the midfield, uh, Polina and and Pereira, like the rest of the team is going to come around to that. So Fulham to me still remains uh and, and i changed my tune from before the season where i thought that i was this was not gonna be a good team this is a team that i i, I still want to buy but doing so against brighton trying to step in front of this train right now is not something i want to do they are in form. pascal gross i mean is he going to be the pfa player of the year looks like he might be with the way he's been playing uh bj what are your thoughts here seagulls and cottagers
3: yeah, I like both teams to score no at plus 110. So Fulham, they've had a pretty difficult schedule, much like Crystal Palace, to start the season. They've had to face both Liverpool and Arsenal in their first four matches. They've only created about three expected goals from open play. They've only held 35.5% possession on average, only 25 box entries. So not really that you know stellar offensive performances. Now they have to go up against a Brighton side that defensively has been Really, really good. Only 2.4 XG allowed from open play. Only three big scoring chances allowed. And have allowed the third fewest shots from inside the penalty area. But this is a type of match similar for Brighton, similar to the Newcastle and Leeds type matches where Brighton can just dominate possession and pin their opponent inside the final third for a majority of the 90 minutes. I mean, so far through their first four matches Brighton has the fifth most touches in the opponent's attacking area and they've outtouched their opponents 111 to 85 in the penalty area so I struggle to see how Fulham is not just gonna you know sit back and basically look to counter well Brighton's really really good at thwarting any type of counter because they're an incredible pressing teams but Fulham if you go before the Arsenal match you know they if you look at the rolling XG uh over the the Arsenal and Fulham match I mean Arsenal Right at the Odegaard goal, they only had 0.7 XG. And then I obviously created a a flurry of chances towards the end, but Fulham was really, really good defensively for large shares of that match. So, you know, you have a team like Brighton who last year was 17th in XG4. They've been pretty good so far this season, but Fulham, you know, before the Arsenal match, they were fourth, you know, in shot creating actions allowed. They were top five in terms of box entries allowed. They were only allowed 16 Shots inside the penalty area, and you know Arsenal got a lot of flurries towards the end because Fulham had a lead. But yeah, I'm struggling to see how Fulham's going to create a lot of chances, but they've also been they've been good defensively. So I have both teams score no projected at minus one twelve. The under two and a half is priced a little too juicy for me, so I like the current line of uh, plus one ten.
2: It's interesting because coming into the season, I would have thought that these kind of profile statistical profiles would be flipped, right? Like Brighton would be the 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 team with the, the stellar defensive numbers. Their offensive numbers are great. Fourth in spectacles for going uh, so far the season, and then the other hand, Fulham. I thought they probably have decent offensive output, but their defense is going to be shambles. It's kind of been the opposite. Uh, not saying that their offense has been shambles, but their uh, defensive work has been stronger than going forward. Yeah, an interesting one. I, I probably won't have a bet here, Anthony. Uh, anything for you, Fulham and Brighton?
1: And yeah, nothing for me. It is interesting to me that Fulham has been the most direct team in the league this year. Uh, there are both teams are in the top three in uh, direct attacks also brighton second in high turnovers shots created off of high turnovers so i think that's kind of inflated the brighton number a little bit in attack you know they've had a a little bit easier time getting into opponents penalty areas than they normally do and getting shots off of that because they're catching opponents higher up the pitch i don't know how much they're going to get to do that against fulham who will likely I mean, they are at home, so they probably will come out a little bit, but I I do expect, like BJ said, Brighton to come out and control most of the possession. But again, I mean, Fulham's direct approach has been effective. Uh, And, you know, do I think they're, you know, Mitrovic is going to rob the ball off of one of the Brighton center backs and turn around and kick it into the net? No, but uh, Fulham's defense is pretty good in this match. The one thing that does scare me, yes, Brighton's defense has been really good to this point in terms of not conceding a ton of chances, but they've run even luckier in terms of not actually conceding goals off of those chances. Uh, so you know a little over 3 expected goals allowed now and they still have only conceded one for the season so they are going to let goals in hopefully for BJ it doesn't come in this match but I will be mm-hmm. passing 245 kickoff on
2: Tuesday Southampton 4 to 1 home underdogs uh, at bet365 versus Chelsea minus 167 the draw here is plus 350 said the word galvanizing before a galvanized performance from Chelsea winning with 10 men against Leicester team <laughs> going back to that word, who is kind of the opposite of galvanized uh, right now. I was impressed with Chelsea. I, I know that Lester is probably a little unlucky not to tie that up. They had a couple big chances late, uh, but this is a team that just knows how to see themselves out of these kind of tricky situations. Uh, they did that. Um, Connor Gallagher, maybe he's done at Chelsea. I, th- I mean, I think the second yellow was unlucky because of the, there was a hospital pass from Kukurea, but still wonder what they're going to do in that midfield here going forward. I thought Southampton also were pretty good. Uh, against Manchester United. You could argue that they deserved maybe a point out of that uh loss. They lost one-nothing and a good goal from, from Bruno, but the the XG was was basically suggesting it was a coin flip. And, and defensively, Southampton's been a little bit better than I think all of us would have imagined. I still think that this is a Chelsea buy spot on a on a spread. Might minus one and a half, minus two and a half, however, you want to get away with it. I just don't like the matchup here for Southampton. This is a team that makes too many mistakes uh, against a team like Chelsea that is just so poised on the ball. So BJ, I have a feeling you're coming with me here.
3: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned mistakes because this matchup has been one of the more lopsided matchups between two Premier League teams over the last few years. So Thomas Tuchel has faced Hasenhutl's side three times since he took over Chelsea in the Premier League. Chelsea has won those matches by a combined score of 10-2. to XG has been 9-2.3. to Chelsea's outshot them 53 to 13 and has created 12 big scoring chances compared to just three for Southampton. And what it has to do with is the fact that Southampton playing this frenetic pressing style, taking a lot of chances. Well, Chelsea was second in the Premier League in offensive passes for defensive action and pressure success rate allowed last season. So I am going to take a little bit of a risk here, or not really risk, but I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to go Chelsea, alt spread. Minus two and a half at plus 450 at bet 365. I've projected Chelsea minus two and a half at a little around 29%. Well, plus 450 is a little over 18%. So I'm actually getting 10% value to take a shot on Chelsea just completely blowing out Southampton for a third time. Yeah, I, I like that actually. I probably Jankovic is back in the midfield for Chelsea. So that'll help them shore
2: up uh, any of the problems that they had with Gallagher. Yeah, poor Connor. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. Get him think-
3: back to Crystal Palace
2: palace maybe maybe I mean, we'll uh, take them uh, over at everton um but I, I i'm with you i think this this feels like Southampton is the type of team that if, if i'm going to bet against them especially if i'm laying juice with it, it's because of the way they press and, and the space they leave behind them and the mistakes if, if everyone's not pressing in unison it can get ugly real quick so uh if you are betting against southampton it usually does behoove you to to go with a blowout although it didn't pay off last week uh anthony what do you have here for saints and blues
1: Yeah, look, you guys kind of outlined my hesitancy here. My numbers suggest I should bet Southampton plus one. I want to bet Southampton plus one, but I am concerned. Uh, And I am concerned because when I look at the Chelsea numbers, and I did this prior to the Saturday match against Leicester, I don't really read a ton into even what happened in the last 60 minutes because of the red card kind of just throws everything out of whack. Chelsea only attempted one shot prior to that. Again, I think that has so much more to do with what Leicester, what was wrong with Leicester. But, you know, Kai Havertz and Mason Mount are not, Producing at the levels that we have expected them and that they have, have produced in the past. Mount was, you know, 11 goals, 10 assists last year, over 0.7 XG plus XA per 90. This year, his shots have disappeared. His chance creation has disappeared. Havertz, you know, he's under two tenths of a goal per or XG per 90 through, you know, four matches. So I know the minute I, I go to fade Chelsea here, they're going to find their form, right? And they're going to rebound to the players that we know they are. And that's what that's what kind of scares me here. But you know, we've kind of talk, I've talked about this on past episodes and I'm like, okay, well, what, what's the missing link here for Chelsea? I don't know that Southampton is, go, is going like to, to solve their problems. Cause a lot of what happened in the meeting in the seven nil thrashing last year, that really inflates a lot of the numbers. BJ was talking about was Werner causing a ton of problems in behind. I don't know that they have that maybe, you know, like Raz, I guess, but I think Southampton's midfield continues to be extremely underrated. You look at the numbers, every game they play, whether they played Spurs opening week United last week Leeds second week of the season, like they're playing even or outplaying in the Leicester match, the midfield, they just lose in the boxes. And um, Chelsea's performance in the attacking box just scares me right now. And so I lean toward the saints, uh, but I I will see if I end up betting. I'm going to make that a game time decision as I wait to see how the market settles and, if Kovacic and Jorginho is good enough, so I, you know, I'm not too worried about the Chelsea midfield. Uh, but there's no depth there, and Kovacic hasn't played really this season, so you know there could be some issues for Chelsea with Conte and now Gallagher out. Some Ruben Loftus cheek in the midfield or something. I, I don't love that.
2: Uh, the headliner on Tuesday and the entire midweek slate, perhaps the game of the year: Leeds United plus one fifteen favorites at Bet three six five hosting Everton plus two thirty. The draw plus two fifty. The Neil Malpai. Revolution gets underway. Most likely he comes over from Brighton to put up what eight XG and and three goals on the season for Frank Lampard and the toffees. But the thing here is the shape should just improve immensely. You're playing, they were playing Dwight McNeil as the focal point of their attack the last couple of weeks, him or Gordon kind of like switching on and off. That's not going to work. They needed a center forward. They got one that should put everybody in the right spot, which I think actually should just help this team be able to play through the lines and defend better because they were not defending well against Brentford last week. I think this is a decent spot for the Toppies. I think this line is going to move towards Leeds United uh, as we get closer to the game as well. So you might be able to get a bigger number, but I'll be on Everton here I'm buying low and hoping that the arrival of, of Maupai just at least, like I said, puts, takes all the, the square pegs and puts them in square holes because it's not been like that to start the season for this team. BJ, your thoughts here.
3: Yeah. This is a pass for me. I mean, I have this projected pretty close to what the market is. I, it's, you know, it's funny, Michael, because this is, I think this was Frank Lampard's first match in charge under Everton last year when they beat Leeds three, nothing. It was to- his first premier league win, I believe. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Everton, they've been, I think dull is the word I would use. Uh, just not much attacking threat. I mean, yes, they, they create, you know, one expected goal against Brentford, they get a goal. That's great. But I mean, Brentford created just a flurry of chances towards the end, and we've talked about it quite a bit, but Everton last year, and even it's been a big problem this year, is they just can't play through pressure. So how is that really going to work against a lead side under Marsh that's been pressing close to just as frenetic as they did under Bielsa. Now it's been a little more structured, a little more team pressing, but yeah, for me, this is a pass. I have leads projected at plus 113. So I'm right on where the market is. I uh, was looking maybe at a total, cause I do have three
2: goals projected. So maybe if the over comes down a little bit, I'll, I'll an over. Anthony, uh, what are your thoughts here? I think you're a little bit higher on on leads uh, than the market and you have no love for Everton.
1: No, I don't really love this match. <laughs> I, I, I do love Everton uh, just because of how, how happy they make you. Um, but, you know, I think this is interesting because Leeds like the quick vertical attack, right? You know, win the ball, one pass forward, two pass forward, break the lines, extreme vertical. That's their way of attacking. Pro teams have
0: millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
3: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall
0: guy. Fall
2: guy. It's what the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because no. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read did PG-13.
1: But they haven't really played a team that's going to really sit deep all season. Uh, and so, you know, they get Southampton. That's just like a pressing manic back and forth high lines, you know, 20 yards between the defensive lines kind of match. Right. And then they play Brighton who dominates the possession. They can't really get out of their own half They're they're getting pressed themselves. They play wolves, you know, who kind of pressed, but like, yeah, not, they're not really sitting deep either. So all the leads matches this year have kind of been different than this one where I think Everton has committed to this lower block. Uh, and I think leads are going to have some struggles breaking that down uh, because they're not going to get too, so easily connect their vertical passes. And I think they are vulnerable the other way. Uh, That was the biggest problem with Leipzig last year was they, they were bad as a favorite in the the Bundesliga because they would get overexposed and they would get over committing and then one ball, one pass and somebody's in behind them. Right. And they haven't had that opportunity yet because they are a lower table team, but they do kind of risk that here. So if I like Everton, I I don't hate a look on them actually from a matchup point of view. But overall, my number's good, and I'm going to pass.
2: Yeah, I mean, and when you consider the two goals that a, an Everton player actually scored for Everton last year, they have three. One of them was scored by Aston Villas, Luca Dean, and uh, an own goal. Their only two other two goals have been balls over the top, one from Pickford and one from Connor Cody, one to Damari Gray, and one to Anthony Gordon, who looks like he's staying, but we'll never know. That's the other thing, right? <laughs> We're recording this outside. If, if
1: somebody wants to pay him that much money, they should sell him.
3: Well, I mean, after they're, if they're going to pay for for uh, Fofana, the amount of money they're paying for him, I'm, su- I'm going to be surprised if they have enough money left over to pay for Gordon. I mean, never You'd be surprised.
1: Just, maybe it'll be a trade. Teams. Who knows? Like, My football they'll... team's having money. Never be surprised by that.
2: Yes. Yeah, no. I mean, Bar- Barcelona-, <laughs> Barcelona is still doing their thing. They, so who knows? All right. Wednesday, 2.30 p.m. kickoff. Arsenal minus 223 favorites at... Bet365 taking on Aston Villa, 5-1. to The draw here is plus 350. Anthony, you and I were on opposite sides of Aston Villa and West Ham. I'll take a quick victory lap here, but it's not because of the West Ham call. It's just because this Aston Villa team is so much worse than I think people realize. And they got off to a hot start under Gerrard. And for some reason, that hot start is still being assigned to this team 10 months later. Whatever, however long it's been, it was November he took over, people still think it's that Aston Villa. And it's not. This is a team that has generated over one expected goal just once this season, and it came against Everton. Otherwise, they've they've struggled to generate anything, including a game today. It's not a must-win game when they played West Ham today, but the the onus was on Aston Villa to win at home against a, a team that had scored zero goals and had won zero points to start the season, and they couldn't do it. They just couldn't break them down. They they created 0. 0.3 expected goals according to only
1: point only allowed point three.
2: Or, yeah, what was it 0. 0.3, 0. It was like it was incredibly yeah, low. Yeah, I mean, you know, But uh, the point is, like, you need to generate if you have Philip Coutinho and and even like Danny Ings, Ali Watkins, Jacob Ramsey came on the pitch.
1: Buendia it's, looked it, lively again. It looked better. Yeah, than Coutinho. right. So
2: that's the thing, right? Like this, he's getting. Mm-hmm. I think he's getting it wrong. And this is a spot where I'd almost 100 times out of a hundred would be looking to bet the underdog against a team like Arsenal, who's just running away. You just made the
1: case for Aston Villa, by the way. I don't know. Yeah, So
2: it's like, this is, this is a team that I I really want to bet. I like the under more and I probably will get there on Villa, but boy, have they been bad.
1: They have. And you know, if you're, if you're the person who keeps steaming Aston Villa or you're, you know, the market keeps moving these lines towards Villa, please give me a call. We can start a syndicate. You know, we'll bet Villa every week. We'll get together and we'll watch them create 0.4 XG and, and hopefully, you know, get a goal out of that and then win 1-0 or scrape by or, you know, we'll teach our guys to have crosses from corners, not go out of play before we score off of them. But uh, the market keeps loving this team. I mean, I bet them plus 135 and they closed at plus 110. I'm not, I'm not a big like CLV is everything guy in soccer, but they moved again. Like they had a dreadful performance today. And the market has moved toward them yet again in this Arsenal match. Arsenal has been bet against. Once again, it came down. It was 240, 250. Now it's down to about two twenty, 220, two 223, I think was what you said. So who are these people? And who are they betting Villa? And what are they seeing, right? Because I still think that it's going to work out. I'm buying in. I'm, I'm saying that eventually they will put this final third possession and turn it into shots. Eventually, like the chain of events that, that starts – with their decent midfield and ends with their good attackers will connect, but it just it's not happening. Uh, and I think Gerard deserves criticism for that. I will say that their defense is still very good, though. By the way, uh, that was without their two top center backs yeah, holding holding West Ham to you know nothing basically a deflected goal um, was was good. So you know I, I don't have any any bet on this match because it did move down. I wanted to get Villa at a, a flat one point two five. Now it's like minus one thirty, and I have no interest there. So I'm gonna pass. Uh, that's that's all I got. I'm very upset. I mean, I we I have I have a village top Midlands bet, and it's like not. It's still alive. Don't not don't in bad shape that because is, Wolves, and, still live. Wolves and Leicester have been worse. So and Nottingham Forest
3: actually, is awful. So no, that that bet is thing. one thousand so, like, percent alive. In they, in can finish, shape, they can finish. They can finish fourteenth, and we can still win that bet. <laughs> I
1: mean, what if all three of them just get relegated and yeah. <laughs> we win by default? Well, one of them's got to stay well, up, right?
3: Nottingham well, Forest is in there too, so one of them's well, going up. down.
1: But you know, besides them, I, look, I still think we're decent for that bet. But yeah, we're fine. I mean, w- what? It's only four matches. That's what I will say.
2: Yeah, it's only been four matches. They have shown nothing going forward. Arsenal in those four matches has shown a very robust defense uh, that can kind of just handle itself. It's they're not making the same mistakes. I remember I think last season when we first started this show and we're handicapping Arsenal. One of the things we were saying is just, you just can't trust them. To not shoot themselves in the foot defensively. But right now you can. And and they're well, very they did well, on Saturday. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they they did yeah, that was the first time. But uh they're just like much more organized, they're they're much more composed in the back. And I just it's really hard to imagine Villa scoring more than one unless something crazy happens. Scoring one at all will probably be a, a chore. So I, I think the under here, two and a half, because uh, like you said, the, the Villa defense is still still in good form. Uh, you're getting plus money on on two and a half, under two and a half at Bet365, so I'll be there. Uh, BJ, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, this is – I'm going to
3: be with you on the under – I mean – I mean, what's the reason why Arsenal's not shooting themselves in the foot uh and playing much better defensively? Well, it's William Saliba, the best defender in the Premier League now. I mean, the guy is incredible. He's turned this Arsenal defense now.
1: He had an own goal like two weeks ago. Where he kicked yeah, it in his it, own net.
3: It's a fluke, Anthony. Don't worry. <laughs> <mean>. Um <laughs> I love Saliba. We were up we were
1: up three nothing. So I love happen. Saliba, but that was funny. Yeah.
3: The song is awesome too. I mean, it's just you know, it's just They were. I think Arsenal fans were singing it for like literally an hour during the entire match. It was. It was wonderful. Have people Um,
1: asked Arteta yet why he like froze him out, hated him last year, and and exiled him to Marseille, and then brought him back in? Because it is just to build him up. I mean, it it looks like it worked out pretty well,
3: Anthony. Yeah, I mean this is this is under two and a half at plus one ten for me. Aston Villa under Gerard, Michael, uh averaging one point one XG per ninety minutes. They have created 20 big scoring chances in 31 matches. And now they're going up against an Arsenal defense that has conceded three expected goals in four matches. Now Arsenal, I, I there will be some off of offensive regression coming down a little bit. I mean, eleven goals off of eight point six expected. I mean, it's you know, it, it's still early. When Gabby um, Jesus is
1: your striker. Yeah, and the schedule. The schedule is has been schedule's been, been easy. Very yeah, kind. Right? I'll, yeah, I'll
3: I'll be the first one to admit the schedule's been easy. But you know what? Arsenal did what they were supposed to do. They got twelve points in four matches, and they're going to get another three points here. But the thing is, is that the reason I love the under is you know even though Diego Carlos and Tyrone Mings are out, that is going to make Aston Villa go back to what they were last year, which was this very counterattacking, like direct attacking type team that sat incredibly deep. And I think that's what's going to happen here again because if you're without those two starting center backs, well, you're going to have to play more defensive midfielders. You're going to have to play more compact and you're going to have to protect those two guys. And you can't really play open with the way Arsenal is playing right now. And like I already mentioned against Fulham, I mean, Arsenal, up until the Odegaard goal, only had 0.7 XG. Like it wasn't like they were like incredible offensively and were just getting chance after chance. So, and the last thing I'll say is that you know, these two teams played towards the end last season when Gerard was in charge. It was right after Arsenal lost 2 nothing in the midweek to Liverpool. They went to Villa Park. They won one nothing. Aston Villa created 0.4 XG, had eight shots and 17 touches in the penalty area, which is like what they do every single match. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm with you, Michael. Uh, I have 2.3 goals projected, so mm-hmm. under two and a half goals at plus 110. I bet 365 is uh, where I'm going.
2: You know, I called Leeds and Everton perhaps the game of the year, but I think this next one might actually be the game of the year. Bournemouth plus 275 hosting Wolverhampton plus 105 The draw plus 240. Anthony, last episode, we talked about Bournemouth and I believe verbatim your quote was, there's going to be a time to buy low on this team, but this isn't it.
1: Thank God it wasn't. So now, yes, you were very right. About <laughs> they lost that by one. nine. <laughs> yeah.
2: Maybe, maybe your best. It's time. time. Yeah, it's definitely time. It's, it's time. I think all three of us are going to be in
1: on the cherries here and it's going to be ugly yeah i mean they've conceded 16 goals
2: and uh <laughs> <in four> <laughs> <matches>. <laughs>
1: and they have a win that's the
2: best part their offensive numbers and are be, even worse they're not they'd in the relationship yeah they have, i mean look they have one look. more win than everton and it's look i mean
1: let's talk schedules i mean they played arsenal
2: right
1: they played city liverpool and they played manchester city i mean those are probably the three best teams in the league to the first three matches so someone yeah, disagree on Liverpool, but they want to know
2: they want to know when they don't play a top six team. This <laughs> Exactly. And, and,
1: and they were fine. Like they scored a couple of, you know, they scored off a set piece and mostly stymied Villa. Although what does that even mean anymore? Uh, but, you know, all the attacks they played are considerably better. And you're clearly getting a great number here at home. BJ, Michael, where would you rank Wolves in the league out of 20 right now? Just true talent. True talent. 16 or yeah. Just like yeah. your projections. I mean, if
3: you want to just look at like straight like roster talent, they're probably around like tenth or eleventh. If you want no, to, know I'm them. saying
1: like, sorry, sorry. Based on their, you know, where you project, based them. on their performances,
3: yes. I mean, they're like sixteenth or seventeenth. Like they're
1: right, it's, it's and bad. I have them fifteenth. So, in what earth is the fifteenth best team an, a, <laughs> a road favorite by a half a goal <laughs> against anybody in the same league as them? And I like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, sure. I, I'm nowhere near it. I, I make wolves plus one forty-five. No. Uh, and so, you know, I love Bournemouth plus a half. It's my best bet. We'll talk, talk more about it later. But uh, this market is just crazy. Wolves have not created more than 1.1 expected goals in any match. And Aston Villa was the same favorite on opening day. Think about what the opening day perception was of Villa compared to Bournemouth. Think about what that means. Villa, Wolves is now. That means you're saying that either Wolves are you know right around 10th or that Bournemouth have fallen so far because they lost to the three best teams in the league. I mean, the, the market is crazy here. So give me Bournemouth plus a half. Uh, I love it. Oh, man. And they'll probably lose because they really are bad, but they're going to get points eventually. So I'm going to be there when it happens.
2: I am all in on this one, plus 275 on the money line. Uh, at bet 365 for me. Uh, Wolves averaging under one expected goal per game. Do you want to guess how many, according to Understat, how many expected goals Bournemouth has on the season so far?
3: it's it's 1.3 i think
2: it's like 1.1 or or between 1.1 and 1.3 depending on what you're looking at they just lost nine nothing they haven't scored in
3: what what better time
2: three weeks this is the best time to bet on a team that is the relegation odds on relegation favorite boy is it going to be bad get on them baby uh bj what do you have
3: yeah i mean i'll be joining you guys on the money line but i'm gonna play another bet (laughs) I'm gonna go back to my patent and both teams to score no. I mean, this is at even money. That's crazy. So you mentioned Bournemouth 1.3 expected goals, will only 0. 0.8 uh, xg from open play. Like in four matches, I understand the schedule's been difficult, but in four matches they've attempted 21 shots, they have 19 box entries and 40 touches in the opponent's penalty area. Obviously, all those are dead last in the Premier League. 21 but shots or 19
1: box entries. Oh my god. <laughs> so,
0: I
3: know. I know it's bad. But Wolves. I mean, let's talk about them. They're actually. You know what? 3.9 expected goals, and they've only scored twice. So, hey, positive regression, right for Wolves? Well, they're at like they're at a little over four expected threat. That's 15th in the Premier League. They have 23 shots from inside the opponent's penalty area. The only team that has less than that is their opponent Bournemouth (laughs) Wolves Wolves leads the league in shots from outside the box they have 28 shots from outside the box scored a Uh, hell of a goal this year yeah for those who don't for those you know maybe don't know this but the xg per shot for a shot coming from outside the box is 0.03 I mean they took 13 shots from outside the box against Tottenham so you know defensively I mean they've been all right uh you know 4.6 non-penalty expected goals in four matches only you know 3 and 3.3 3 of them have been from open play um you know before Sunday's match against Newcastle listen they against Leeds and against Fulham they they control 58% possession so my guess is they're probably going to control our possession it's probably going to be in their own their own third and this is just going to be an ugly ugly Premier League match that i 1000% will have on tv1 <laughs> on wednesday so give me both bournemouth Plus 275 and both teams have scored no at even money. Let's hope for a Bournemouth one-nothing win.
1: <laughs> He's betting on Jose Sa indirectly. Yeah. It's just yeah, disgrace. It's a disgrace. Look how far you've come. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing, nothing is sacred. If if you wanted to know why this podcast
2: attracted such a wonderful sponsor, it's because look at us mm-hmm. talking up Bournemouth wolves. I mean, look They're, at look at the slate that it's going up against. Arsenal versus Villa. That's by weekend. the way,
3: and by the way, if this isn't the spot to bet on Bournemouth and they do lose this, they're on the road at Nottingham Forest next week or this weekend. So,
2: yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a sec. But <laughs> I mean, this this is like if if you want to understand the ups and downs of betting on soccer, it's this match right now because you know exactly how this is going to go. I can tell you how this match is going to go. You're getting a great number on Bournemouth. You should feel good. I, I'm I this number might even come down a little bit because I think that people like Anthony was saying like. You can't lay this kind of number with wolves on the road with the way they're playing. It's everything's going to check it, the, the closing line value. Every You're going to take every box of like, this is a good bet. And then Ruben Neves is going to score worldy and you're going to lose one nothing. And that's that's just how it is. But you, you, you're going to go to bed at night knowing I made the right bet here. Let's talk yeah. about Nottingham Forest. They're traveling to the Etihad. Man City minus 1400 at home. Forest 28 to one at Pet 365. The draw is 11 to one. Bournemouth, they were thirty-five to one. Uh, we had this discussion about the Bournemouth line when they played City. Will they be the biggest underdog of the season? It looks like they probably will be, uh, judging by where Forrest is. I mean, for <laughs> it's becoming a joke, but Forrest have another player, uh, Lodi from. I think Atlet- we're up to twenty now.
1: Atletico- I think Madrid. it's I eighteen, think,
3: right? Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let's let's put a let's put a. Bag. But like none
1: of them started. Like they each played Thursday no, and me, like real quick, none of the new of players us- were in.
3: How Weird. many how many players will Nottingham Forest have signed before the window closes? Let's each take a guess.
2: They'd be around. I think tw- I don't. I can't see them signing more than what they have. I'm going I twenty-one. I think they're gonna sign right. I three think three it's more eight. Players. I think they're sticking. I think deadline
3: day they're going to be incredibly busy. They're just going to anybody who's
1: available just boom
2: give me them. It mm-hmm. just hasn't come off though. I, I thought the, the the match against. I mean, they're Hotton. still
1: starting the same defense they did last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but basically but, the same. I mean, Remo came off the bench, so I guess maybe Freuler could start against City, but it, it, it doesn't matter.
2: One thing that was a little strange, I thought, from the the Force Tottenham match was that they kind of did exactly what you don't want to do against Tottenham. They, they, I mean, they had a lot of the ball and they were forcing, you know, low percentage shots from outside the box or a low percentage pass. And Tottenham was just, you can see, I think Peter Drury on the commentary was just like, you can see Tottenham is just on like the their edge of their seats waiting for them to cough up the ball so they can strike. And there were a ton of counter uh, attacking chances for Tottenham. The so expected goals bear that out. So while Forrest had a lot of the ball relative to like what you'd expect when they're they're playing Tottenham, very very little in terms of scoring chances. In, in Tottenham, I thought took them took them to school a little bit. That said, I mean this is unplayable. I I think if you want to have a little bit of fun and, and just pray for chaos, you 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 sprinkle Forest money line. And if you want Forest first goal, that's Forest first goal is fine. Yeah, and so I mean, they have we've been we have so been
1: sleepy early. And we've seen that so they went a lot down of these two underdogs. to Newcastle. They went down two to Villa at the end of last year. They went down two to palace i think four of their last six wins
2: four of their last six wins they've come from behind from two that includes newcastle which they scored the question
1: is
3: is pep bored is he just bored of playing well he's testing the
1: michael cox theory yeah i don't know if you guys saw the athletic michael cox wrote an article that in order to balance the bundesliga byron should start every game down one nil michael cox the athletic uh and it was funny and people were poking fun at it and then somebody uh one of my friends tweeted uh last week he said uh, maybe Pep is just testing this and, you know, having city go down two goals every match, try, try to come back to win. He against might these lower I don't know. Sides.
2: No, I, But I think it's actually a, a bigger trend, right? Cause you think about Liverpool, these against Liverpool right They're they're, they've been giving up early except goals. Bournemouth. <laughs> yes. Except for Bournemouth. They're, uh, they're the exception to the rule again. But I think like you bring up a good point. Like if, if, if you do, if you really want to have like a little bit of fun betting it, like the first goal for, for force is fine. Other than that, I don't really have much, much to say here. BJ, what about you?
3: Yeah, I don't have much either. The total is is set at four. I think that might be the highest one of the season. Right, might be the the highest one we'll see maybe all season. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's no, I, there's just no chance I can play Nottingham Forest right now. Nottingham Forest will be an interesting team though as we go throughout the season. Is once this transfer window finally closes and their their crazy owner just stops spending money and they're they're forced to actually play the players they've bought, like it will be interesting to see how they come together as a team and if they're able to find some type of yeah. cohesiveness, yeah, right I think they you could have, say like they have just too many new players that are that just came in like it's just really hard to just throw a bunch of players on the pitch and just say hey play this system and have it all work out so yeah and you know their there's the, the, the could compete. talk for them too so uh yeah next week against Bournemouth that will be uh for this weekend against Bournemouth that will be an interesting one but yeah no just pass on this one let's say I mean, if it does get to, to four I'll we'll we'll the Islander. under I actually have some value on both teams to score no, but like the way City's been playing, I have no interest in playing that ever again with City.
1: I would bet the under four if it got there, but it's like minus 135, 40, and that's a little too juicy. But if it gets down to 120, uh, no Premier League total should be four, especially with a team like Nottingham Forest playing. So, yeah. I mean, I'll take the under if they're just going to give it to me. But at this point, 375 is a little too low. Uh, I think the, the way to put Forest
2: is that, their ceiling could be a lot higher than anybody thinks just because it, if everything comes off, but we'll get to that, you know, when, when the window shuts in and, and, and as we see some more results, because I still do think Steve Cooper.
1: Yeah. Their, their own, their owner's Wikipedia page is a, is a wild ride. If anybody took a to shot watch. at Richarlison today, I guess. did not like that. That's my Richarlison.
2: That is your Richarlison. Well, that, he deserved that. Speaking let's, of him, let's, uh, let's, let's, no, he didn't. He's done that with Everett too. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, all right, we'll, we'll save that for. I think he would even say. Other, he doesn't other people could talk about that. We're here to talk about the betting. West Ham plus 280, they're hosting and Spurs, minus 110, the draw is plus 280 here at Bet365. West Ham are hilarious right now. It, they just look like a completely different team than what we saw last year when it was like a little bit more. Like they they're very high event. They they could win on any on a moment's notice against any team. They could lose against any team. Now they kind of just they look like a David Moyes team. They look like a classic David Moyes team.
3: They, they've peaked.
2: Yeah. Uh, That's what is happens
3: the, under David Moyes. This, this is what happens every single time. You reach your peak and then it's nothing but downhill. He.
2: This is also tough. I think a tough matchup for West Ham because of you know what we just were talking about with forced against Spurs, which is, this is a team that doesn't particularly want the ball at their feet for 60% of the match, but the, Spurs are going to be okay with that, and they're going to wait for you know Ben Rama or Fornals or Bowen to make a mistake, take a low percentage shot, and, and counter. I think West Ham is is probably the play according to the numbers, but the matchup scares me a little bit here. Anthony, talking to us about your Spurs.
1: Yeah, I'm taking West Ham plus a half, minus one ten. Uh, I'm a little worried about Spurs. You know, I think there's a balance. There's a balance between what Conte wants, which is okay, you can have the ball in non-dangerous areas and you're not going to create many chances off of that. Uh, And we're always going to feel secure defensively despite that. But if you listen to what Conte said post-match against Wolves and what he showed on the touchline today against Forrest, that has not been the case. And Spurs have defensively teetered and they have gotten very fortunate in the last two matches uh, to not concede because, yes, Wolves did take a lot of shots from outside the box and Forrest didn't get a ton of clear, clear scoring opportunities, but there were a lot of opportunities where they could have and a better attacking team, a more direct attacking team, a team with better attacking players would take advantage of that. And I think Spurs have gotten led off by the fact that they played Forest, Wolves, and Southampton, who you could argue are like three of the worst teams in the league at creating chances and direct opportunities, right? Now they get a West Ham team who like, yeah, they're really bad. And I agree that they peaked. They've looked terrible this year. But they are at home, and they have better attacking players than all those three teams I just mentioned who failed to score or you know scored against Spurs early in the game. Uh, but really... Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady,
3: a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart,
0: the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live
1: only on Netflix. Just couldn't quite find the last pass to get the shot. The finish the header, like, you know, there's a couple of chances where, you know, Larice was beaten and the ball went just wide of the post. Those kind of little things where it feels like Spurs are due to concede more goals right now. And you're looking at West Ham and yes, they've struggled to create chances, but you still look at their XG versus their actual, and they've been unlucky too. So I do think West Ham will score in this match. And I think they're going to be live to, uh, to get a point, you know, even and at home. So I, again, I just think Spurs are teetering a little bit and the midfield and the defense just don't look quite right. Romero is probably still out. I think that's a big loss for Spurs. They don't have a good passing center back on the pitch when it's dire, sanchez and davies they don't have a good passing center back and i think that makes a big difference trying to get through these teams trying to play out and keep possession because what kept happening today was like you said you know forest was actually disrupting spurs ability to complete passes and work out to create those counters and eventually you know they're going to break through it's not even forest but west Ham are a better team and so i think spurs are going to have some issues
2: all right i will move to 3 p.m on Wednesday, Liverpool minus 300 against Newcastle, 8 to 1 on the money line. The draws plus 425, bet 365. A little bit of an injury crisis at both teams uh, here, as Newcastle will be without Alan St. Maximam, Callum Wilson, Bruno Gimerish, Uh, We don't know about Alexander Ishak. Liverpool, we know their injury issues. I still think they're vulnerable. I still think the midfield is a bit of an issue. It's going to be Virgil and whoever Jurgen wants to put back there with him, whether it's Joe Gomez or, or whoever, but uh, I still think you're you're getting a good enough number here to make Liverpool prove it. Are they good enough to be minus 300 with both teams having serious lineup issues? BJ, your thoughts here?
3: Yeah, I'm actually taking Liverpool, minus one and a half. You know, I, I really wanted to bet them even before the nine, nothing, you know, nine, nothing, whatever, like it happened. Yeah, I mean, I'm square. That's fine. I'll be square. I'll square out for this one. What you have with Newcastle and... You know I've mentioned this many times, but from the January transfer into on last season, they were the worst team at playing through pressure. Their offensive pass per defensive action were at 7.5. That was the worst in the Premier League. This season they're around the middle of the table at through four matches. They're at 10.2. But they've played Wolves and they've played Nottingham Forest, who are two of the worst pressing teams in the Premier League. If you look at the matches against Brighton, Brighton had a pass per defensive action of 6.2 against like City had a pass per defensive action of 6.8. Liverpool, even though they haven't had Thiago for pretty much the entire season, except for the first 51 minutes of the first match, they're still number one in the Premier League in passes per defensive action. And we all know about, like you already mentioned, the Newcastle injuries, I think, are are quite drastic. When you lose Gamare, St. Maximum, Wilson, and most likely no Alexander Ishak, where are the goals coming from for for Newcastle in this match? Are they going to be similar like they did against against brighton where they have to basically just sit deep and take no shots and, and just hope that they can get a, a one, you know, a zero zero draw, maybe just one nil, which is what happened when they played Liverpool towards the end of last season. I mean, Liverpool completely dominated them at St. James park. They only won one nothing, but XG was 2.3 to 0.2 and Liverpool outshot them 24 to four. Since the January transfer to Newcastle, they faced six big six sides They've created 5.8 expected goals and they've allowed 12.6. So I think this is a horrible matchup for Newcastle. They're going to have to basically sit defensive. I don't know where the the attacking threats are coming from with all their injuries right now. So I'm um, to I Liverpool spread projected at minus 1.75. So uh, I'm taking them minus one and a half at minus 114 at bet 365.
2: The uh, offensive threat is Chris Woods not Brian Frazier. Frazier, yeah. Okay. Does it, he doesn't miss. He doesn't miss uh, direct kicks anymore. Uh, Anthony, you call BJ a square. Does that mean you're going for the Magpies here?
1: Uh, no, easy pass. I would have been on Newcastle probably, but with all the injuries, I'm concerned about Guy race. They're not going to be able to hold up in the midfield without him. As much as I love the Joe Linton revolution and the main counterattacking you know, duo of St. Maximin and Wilson, who I think can cause a ton of problems, can't if they're not in the match. So this is an easy pass for me. Thursday, the midweek slate wraps up with it.
2: The- this one is hilarious. Leicester plus two forty at home against Manchester United plus one hundred five. The draw is plus two eighty. No team is unbettable. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you just heard us talk for eight minutes about Bournemouth, who lost nine nothing, but Leicester very close to being unbettable. But this is a good spot to back the Foxes, I think. And you're getting them in a in a very in very much a a a buy low spot. You're selling high on United after two wins, one of which was impressive, one of which I think was a little lucky on the. Wrote at Southampton. And I think this is last chance saloon for Brendan Rodgers. So if he is going to get that performance out of his team before he's sacked, it's got to come now. So there is some urgency at Leicester. I think the Wesley Fofana situation being resolved is, is a helpful situation as well. So it's a numbers play. You don't want to bet Leicester. They've been terrible all season. Leicester City, 40 to one for, uh, to be last place at Christmas. That bet is live. Anthony, your thoughts here at United and the Foxes.
1: Yeah, I, you know the last Christmas and the first manager fired are, are live, but I can't can't bet United and I don't want to bet Leicester. Uh, I if I have to, like I, I, this is a really tough match for me because normally in this situation I would have no problem taking Leicester plus a half given the number, and I do think this is a good buy low spot. You know we try to say we bet numbers not teams, but Vardy did have a nice little lively stretch in the second half once they were up a man, but prior to that there was nothing. I mean, he had, he took two shots in the first 270 minutes of the season. So I'm, I'm really concerned about this attack. I think United has clearly taken a step forward in its defending. You know, I understand they conceded chances to the, to Southampton, but it did feel like they were able to get bodies behind the ball more. The uh, center Martinez definitely looks like a capable premier league defender, which I wasn't sure about, you know, when he came over from Ajax. So, I think United is turning the corner a little bit. They're 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 fine, uh, but it, this really comes down to how bad you think Leicester really is. And given how low I was on them early in the season, I can't just come around and, and bet them here. So I'm passing. Bj can bet them.
3: Yeah, this United team—they're a bunch of frauds. Like this is this is crazy. There we like, go. So I mean, listen, Anthony. Yes, they won one nothing. I don't think they're turning a corner at all. I think they're actually taking a step backwards defensively. They allowed 47 touches from Southampton in their penalty area. That's insane. That's horrible. They're not getting better. They're getting worse. And listen, this is my—I have to—I mean, I've, I've yelled about United so many times. I just I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over. And this thing under Ten Hag, it could get better, and they could turn this corner, and they could turn into this great team. But they're supposed to under Ten Hag. If you were given his same system at Ajax, which is heavily reliant on them being. Pressing in the opponent's final third. They had one high turnover against Southampton. One. Leicester, say what you will about them, but they were actually top seven at playing through pressure last year. And United, I said it last week, this was their first win since February 20th on the road. They've scored three goals in their last nine matches away from home. This team is a bunch of frauds, okay? As currently structured, if they get better players, they get Anthony, you know, they might get a little better, but. Yeah, I'm playing Leicester. I'm <laughs> playing them plus half a goal at minus one eighteen. Wait for the underdog section. You might hear me play them there as well. I mean, they've been they, they have a very we've said it many times. They're very lame duck feel around them. They have been unlucky defensively. It's mainly bad goalkeeping, but you know they've allowed ten goals of a five point six expected. You know, so those Leicester unders might be coming soon, Anthony. But yeah, of
1: course Don't I'm not bet one yet. I'm getting I'm getting there. Of course I'm, I'm, I'm playing building Leicester. Building the
3: courage. I'm gonna fade United ev- at every single turn until they show something of turning the corner, but 47 touches in the penalty area. That's not turning a corner. That's getting worse. So I'm playing Lester.
1: I uh, may not have a side bet with a friend over under number of times. BJ Cunningham that's against Manchester United in this season. So far we are five, four, five. What's the over under uh, 23 and a
3: half. Oh, it's way going over. <laughs> if it continues as it is, it's going to be 38 Anthony.
2: Well, I mean, here's an interesting thing about the match. Southampton was i think it was walker peters towards the end of the, the match right like he he had a a half volley that that missed the post by like that much um that goes in the conversation they
3: were only about able to hold 1% like, possession against southampton right i know I mean, this, was possession dominant ajax this team
1: is not I mean, good i mean Leicester lester is worse than southampton They are,
3: but I mean, I mean, and the line's the
1: same. So, how, how, like, you know, how much worse? That's where I am on this, right? I don't think, like, I I liked Southampton last week. I thought they deserved a point out of that. They didn't get it, but like, I think Leicester's worse. And so, I must have really loved Southampton to even think about betting United essentially the same number here. I think Leicester is worse than Southampton. I, I, their midfield is worse. And they just played two weeks ago and Southampton dominated a lot of that match. So, yeah, I think, um, think. Frauds, we may not know where the bottom is on Leicester yet.
3: Do we know where the bottom is on United? Oh, yeah, I think we
1: I, saw it. I think we saw it the Brentford
3: match.
2: I
1: think we saw it in week <laughs> two. We we I mean, uh, De Gea kicked it into his own net twice. Yeah. So, yep.
3: yeah, I think we, we maybe think we all say. right. I'll give you guys that one. Okay, yeah. I'll
2: give um, it. all right, let's move to Syria. Uh, Syria
1: on League oh, are both in action.
2: Anthony, what's your favorite bet in uh, Italy?
1: Uh, I like Sampdoria plus a half at home. They just got pasted by Sour and, and you know, anytime that happens. Uh, you know, you got to run and bet them the next match, but really this, this comes down to Lazio who Ugh. BJ does it every week. I have not actually faded them this season in any way, shape or form, but I'm hopping in here. It's a weird midweek spot for them. Huge win against Inter last week at home. Now they're on the road. They are a little bit overvalued. I lean toward the under as well. Uh, but Sampdoria just played Juventus and, and had a pretty impressive showing defensively in that match. I think they can, uh, keep Lazio at bay here and, and, you know, try to get a one, one draw type thing, or maybe even steal a result. But I, I do think Lazio is overvalued. First time this year, I'm fading them. So, you know, BJ, I'm willing to join the party.
2: Yeah, I'll get in on it. Sampdoria, it's got to stop. It's, it's, I mean, uh, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. stop. The best kits maybe in all of Europe, Sampdoria every year. BJ, what what do you have for us in Italy?
3: Yeah, I'm going Roma team total over two and a half at even money at bet three, six, five. They're taking on Monza. If you're following me in the app, or you've been honestly listening to this podcast, you know that I faded Monza. All three weeks, and it has paid off because I spoke about it in our preview show. I've been writing about it. Monza in the second division last season conceded 1.45 XG per 90. Teams coming up from the second division to Syria i see a 36.5% increase on their expected goals allowed, which means that Monza coming into the season, I had them projected allowing 1.98 XG per match. Well, so far through three matches, they've conceded 7.1 expected goals. They had nine big scoring chances against Torino, Napoli, and Udinese. That is horrible. And they are playing really open. Like, once they go down, like, they're opening up the match, and it just becomes full-fledged chaos. And they're facing a Roma offense that have played Cremonese, beat them 1-0, created 3.3 expected goals, beat Salernitana 1-0, created 2.7 expected goals. This is the top five offense from last year, third in big scoring chances. So I'm going to back my guy, Jose Mourinho. And uh, I think this has... Big time blowout potential. If you want to take an alt spread on Roma too, I, I think that's worth the play as well. For me, this just has blowout written all over it. So Roma
2: team total over two and a half at even money. And that brings us to League. Oh, um,
1: Anthony, you have a play for us in France this week. I didn't last week on the pod, and I ended up betting some Monaco and some Nice to varying degrees of success. Uh, but this week I do like Strasbourg at home. This is a great bylaw on Strasbourg. This is a team I thought had a chance to finish in the top four. I know BJ. He's also a fan of Strasbourg. Uh, but now they're minus 110 at home against Nantes, which you know I've faded in two of their three matches to this point. I'm going to fade them again. I continue to think that they are bound for a ton of regression this year, and they have not won a match either. But I do think Strasbourg, they're much better than their even their underlying numbers and their actual performances and results indicate. I think this is a good get-right-home spot. BJ? I'm
3: going to go Montpellier and Ajaxio under two and a half goals at minus 125. Montpellier just beat Brest 7-0 today. And those seven goals were off of 2.2 expected. So far this season, Montpellier matches have featured 22 goals off of 11.7 expected. So I'm thinking some regression is going to come at some point, hopefully. And I hope it's going to be in this match. Ajaxio, listen, they've been dealt actually a pretty brutal schedule to start the season. They opened up against... Uh, Leon in the opening weekend, they lost 2-1, only allowed 1.5 XG. Then they had to play Lens, only allowed 0. 0.9 XG. Then Wren, again, only 1.2 XG. And then they just played Lil and only allowed 1.3 XG. So this defense is actually halfway decent, and that's what they were in the second division last year. They only allowed 1.01 01 XG per 90. So I'm going to bet on some offensive regression from Montpellier. And, uh, you know, and from a projection standpoint, I only have – uh, you know, two point one goals projected. So uh, I like under two and a half goals, minus one twenty five.
2: All right, uh, that wraps up Syria and o which brings us to our favorite part of the program, our three leg money line underdog parlay. Like I said before, plus six units if you had bet every underdog individually, a whole lot of pain if you only parlay them, uh, like I do, BJ. What's your favorite pooch in the Premier League this weekend?
3: Leicester plus 240. I mean, it's just, I, I've already yelled about it. I won't, I won't, I'll save the listeners their ears uh and their hearing. But I mean, it's just, it's just time. It's just, it's continues to be time to fade this United team who is really showing no improvements defensively. So Leicester plus 240.
2: This morning, when I started to get gather my thoughts for this podcast, the two underdogs that came to my mind first, Leicester City and the one Anthony's
1: going to pick. Cherries plus 275 at home. Uh, wolves are, are too bad to be this big of a favorite on the road against anybody in the prem. And so I will be on the cherries at home. A little bit of a sprinkle on the money line. I mean, the enthusiasm man is just seeping out of you. That's how much yeah, fun we're going to have yes. on Ford
2: with there. Oh, we we don't have a ton of matches lost. to
1: choose from this week, but look, I love, I, mean, <laughs> I love the number. I don't love the team. I love the number. So here I am
2: <laughs> uh, for me. It's ever, I
1: hate the team for the record. Do they suck?
2: No, nah, so, you, you know don't what? hate
1: them on Wednesday. We they will not, they will be, they will them. be Kings.
2: They have a a chance to to move up in Europe. They could be,
1: I mean, they could be in the top half of the table if they win. I know. That's the, they're
2: hilarious. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like Everton plus 230 uh, against Leeds. I think the matchup suits Everton, who should be getting a a striker uh, in the lineup for the first time this season in Neil Mopai, all due respect to Solomon Rondon, I should say a Premier League striker. I think that should put everybody in the right spot in their lineup. And like Anthony said before, uh, the matchup could suit uh, Everton here as Leeds, Could have some trouble breaking down a team that's just going to sit in two low blocks and defend like hell. So give me the toffees on the road for their first win of the season. All right, uh, let's now wrap it up with our favorite bets in the Premier League in the midweek, Anthony. What's yours?
1: Bournemouth plus a half at home, minus 130. And I just talked about it in the money line segment. I just talked about it earlier on the show. This really comes down to the fact that on opening day of the season, Aston Villa was projected to be a top 10 team And they were about this number on the road at Bournemouth. Three weeks later, Wolves, who are projected to be in the bottom six, are now the same number against Bournemouth. A lot of that comes from Bournemouth looking really, really bad against top three teams. And look, that matters, right? You have to downgrade Bournemouth off of those three performances where they got absolutely destroyed. But they did look competent in the match against Villa, and Wolves have not created more than 1.1 expected goals in any match. So I'm fading Wolves, I'm taking Bournemouth at home, plus a
2: half. Uh, my favorite bet this week is the Arsenal-Aston Villa under two and a half at plus 110. Aston Villa have created 1.06 expected goals on average this season. And if you take out the Everton match, it slashes in basically in half. That was the only time uh, that they put up even close to a respectable number. They're coming off a match where they created 0.3 expected goals at home against West Ham. And the teams they've played are, I mean, this we were talking about a lot of early schedule stuff Bournemouth, Everton, Palace, and West Ham. And you're putting up these kind of offensive numbers against those four when you're going to take – now you're going to take on one of the best early season defenses that we've seen in the Premier League this season in Arsenal. I think this has all the recipes for a 2 nothing win for Arsenal and we will keep this game under the total. So give me the under plus money, plus 110 at Bet365. BJ. What's your favorite bet?
3: I'm going to go Bournemouth-Wolves. Both teams have scored no at even money. Uh, Bournemouth-Anthony already mentioned that this team has been horrific offensively. Granted, they've played a really tough schedule. They've had to play Arsenal. They've had to play City. And they've had to play Liverpool. But in their first four matches, they've created 0.8 XG from open play. They have 21 shots and only 19 box entries. That is pathetic. But Wolves hasn't been much better. Only 3.9 expected goals for them. Only 4.4 expected threat. And they only have 23 shots from inside the penalty area. The only team in the Premier League that has less than that was well, their opponent, Bournemouth. They Wolves has 28 shots from outside the box that leads the Premier League. So they're just getting a ton of low quality chances right now. I mean, defensively, Wolves has been okay though, a lot better than they were last year. You know, only 3.3 expected goals allowed from open play before the Newcastle match on Sunday. And Wolves was able to hold 58% possession against both Leeds and Fulham, so I'm assuming they're going to control a lot of the possession here. I feel like this is going to be a very boring type of match that will hopefully end in a Bournemouth one nothing win, but i like both teams to score Score no at
2: even money. Uh, that wraps up this midweek episode of WonderGoal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network, now presented to you by Bet365 for Anthony Debundo, for BJ Cunningham, I'm Michael Lebuff. We wish you the best of luck with all your bets during the midweek except... If you're betting against Bournemouth, up the cherries.